welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. Who are we? We are God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, say, by one man, many became sinners. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. In other words, when Adam fell, you were in Adam. Every mankind was in his loins. And automatically, as we were being born, we are born into sin, shaped in iniquity. So you were not there when Adam fell, but you were a partaker of the fall of Adam. The consequence of that thing came on you. The Bible says by one man's disobedience, sin spread to everybody. We became carnal. The Adamic nature came upon us. To every spread to every man. Say, but now, also by one man's obedience, many shall be made righteous. Many. In other words, you are not there when Adam fell, but you affected what he did. But now that you are not born again, Jesus, by one man's obedience, many became righteous. So you are righteous not because of what you do. You are righteous by nature. He's made you a partaker of his divine nature. You are righteous because somebody was righteous, and because you are not in that person, his righteousness becomes your righteousness. In Adam we die, but in Christ we shall live. Because when Christ went on the cross, you were also in him. Now that he's risen up and he's ascended, we are also in him. So in Christ, all shall be made alive, those who receive him. So I'm not righteous because of my performance. I'm righteous because of my faith in Christ. Because he made me righteous. By one man's disobedience, many, many, not few, were made sinners. Also by one man's obedience, many shall be made righteous. If you don't know this thing, Satan will cheat you. You are not righteous because of your performance, because of your works. Your works are important, mind you. You are righteous because of your faith in Christ. That's what makes you righteous. So when God sees you, he doesn't say a damn sinner. He sees his righteousness in you. There was an exchange on the cross of Calvary. So we are God's righteousness. Even though I don't do everything perfectly, I fall, I falter, I miss my step, I'm still God's righteousness. Nothing changes. And the Bible also says in Isaiah 54 verse 17, Say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Say, every tongue rising up against you in judgment, you will condemn. He went on to say that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Many times we say things in church, even me, you know, we say things. Like, well, if you are not living right, Satan can strike you, which is a possibility. Under the new covenant now, it says here, I'm your righteousness. So when Satan attacks you, he can't overcome because I am there. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Say, no weapon formed against you will prosper because I'm your righteousness. When you go to battle, I clothe you with the robe of righteousness. And I put in your hand the sword of the Spirit. I'm the one that makes you victorious in battle. Because you see, God doesn't want us to brag. God doesn't want us to be independent of him. Christianity altogether is dependence on God. That's Christianity. Many times they tell, oh, that heaven helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. Heaven helps the helpless. That's what the Bible says. So we are God's righteousness. We are God's righteousness. That's why the Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. He will get up again because God is there to help him, to back him up, to lift him up. 
and that's who you are. You're also gods. Who are you? You're also a god. When I say God now, is a god, not the god. You're a god, not the god. You're a god. That's why the Bible says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, created them. Then God blessed him and said, God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the heart, subdue it, have dominion. In other words, because we are God's children, that makes us gods. And let me tell you this. The Bible says God made man in his image, in his likeness. Say God gave power to man to dominate. The Bible says God gave man a crown of honor and glory. Psalm 8. Say he gave man a crown of honor and glory. He made him a little lower than angels. He went on to say that he gave him dominion over the works of his hands. So even the unregenerated man, the man who is walking the street, who is not born again, he has some powers. Man has power because God ordained it so. Man is not an animal. Man is the only one that can communicate articulately. When animals talk, they can't talk articulate. Have you seen sheep talking articulately? Their communication is different. But our communication is articulate. God gave man power. He made man in his own image after his likeness. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? You see you. That's your image in the mirror. So when God sees man, it's not an ordinary being. That was why Satan went after man. Say he's made you in his image after his likeness. In other words, you have the power to create like God can create. You have the power to reason like God can reason. You have the power to dominate. You have the power to do stuff. Animals cannot reason, but they do more by instinct. But you and I, we can reason. You have a mind. You have a spirit man. And so on and so forth. He made man in his image after his likeness. We can envisage the future. And we can arrive at the future we envisage. You can have a vision for your life and make it happen. That's man. Power. Domination. That's man. To dominate. Also, we can dominate evil forces. We have the power to say, Satan, thus far you come, you come no further. We have the power to subdue, to subject Satan. We have the power. But if you don't know these things, you can't even develop the power within you. If you don't know them, you are not an ordinary being. The words you speak are spirit and life. When you speak and you believe what you say, it's a matter of time it will happen. You can make things happen. You are a God. He said, unfortunately, many of them, they die like cheap men. Psalm 82. I said to you, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men and fall like princes. Because you don't know who you are. You will just die a cheap death. Psalm 82, verse 6 to 7. Just like kings walking and servants riding on horses. So also some people just die cheaply. Because they don't know who they are. You can, with your mouth, other things in the spirit. You can pray and your prayers become efficacious. That's who you are. Yes, you may not live it fully now, but have the mentality, have the mindset. It's a matter of time. That's why you have to really, really take note of the Bible. Who are you? You're a blessed child of God. And that's big. Psalm 65 verse 4 says, Blessed is the man that God chooses and cause to approach to him that he may dwell in the courts. Say, blessed is the man that God chooses and he causes man to come to him. He said, blessed is that man. Say, blessed are those whose sins are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Say, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Romans chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. Romans 4, 7 to 8. Say, blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. So in other words, there are some people that God doesn't credit their sins. He doesn't impute their sins upon them. He doesn't see their sins. Some people's sins are covered. 
When they confess their shortcoming, their weakness, God forgives. Blessed is that man whose sins are covered. Blessed is that man whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Say, blessed is that man that God will cause to approach to him. Blessed is that man that God will choose and make and cause to approach him. So you are a blessed child of God. And because you are blessed, no cause will work against you, will work in your life, will work in your family. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are a blessed child of God. You are created, you are a recreated being. You are God's righteousness. You are a God, you are in control. You dominate forces. You can dominate life. That's who you are. That's who you are because of the grace of God. Now, to have the right identity, you have to do the following. I've mentioned it. You want to actually have the right mind identity. You have to keep on looking onto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. If you look at yourself, what you see will not be encouraging. That's just the truth. The Bible says that when they sinned in the wilderness, God told Moses to make a pole and he should make a statue of a bronze serpent. So anyone who was beaten by the snake, as long as you look up to that bronze serpent, you'll be saved. They were able to overcome the snake bites because they looked up. But guess what? Some people didn't look up. And they died of the snake bites. Say so also, just like Moses was lifted up in the wilderness, so also Christ has been lifted up. That whoever looks up to him and believes in him shall be saved. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. He now went on to say, who is it that overcomes? He that believes that Jesus is the son of God. As long as they look up to that bronze serpent in the wilderness, they overcame the snake bites. But some people didn't look up and they died. So when you look up to Christ, he's your healer. Keep looking up to him as your healer. Your you will be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Keep looking up to him as your source, your provider. Stop looking up to your friend as your source. Stop looking up to that big man in your family. That's why you are not seeing results. Keep looking up to him as your source. Look to him as your consolation. Is your comfort. Maybe you always keep looking at your husband. Oh, he's my comfort. No, 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 no. If you keep looking, that man will fail you and you'll be distressed. But if you keep looking at him as your comfort, even when the man fails you, you are still secure. Looking out to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, look to him as your savior. And it shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He came to save us from our sins. He said that those who are well, they need no physician. But those who are sick, so all of us are sin sick. And as long as we keep looking up to him, we keep getting better. We keep getting better. The Bible says with unveiled face, we should behold his glory. And as we behold his glory, we shall be changed into that same image. So I keep coming back to God. I keep coming back to him. That's why you have to take your bath every day. If you don't take your bath every day, you'll be in trouble. You will be stinking. So my bath every day is Jesus. I keep looking up to him until I'm perfected. And the perfection comes when it manifests. But I'm getting better. I used to lie. I don't lie anymore. I don't make a habit of lying. I don't make a habit of cheating. I don't practice sin. I'm dominating sin. Because I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I don't revel in sin. I don't live in sin. So sin will not dominate me. We are talking about perfection here. The Bible says we should perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. So we don't excuse sin. We keep working on ourselves as we look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. What's the right way to have a right identity? 
is to be persuaded about the love of God. I've said a few things about it. God loves you regardless. I love my children regardless. I love my wife regardless. It doesn't matter what happens, I love her. It doesn't matter what happens, I'm telling you, I can't be separated from her. Even when she's old, I will still love her. That's just the truth. The Bible says, yes, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So I'm persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So in other words, God loves you. And that's why he went to the cross. He showed his love towards us by going to the cross. We didn't first love him. He first loved us. And because he loved us, we now love him back in return. When you know you are loved, you love back in return. And somebody who loves you doesn't always speak on your faults. When people speak on your faults too much, you don't go to them. You are not drawn to them. If somebody always speaks your fault, always accuses you, every little thing, you are not drawn to them. Eh? But when somebody loves you as you are, at times love can be tough. You are drawn to them. So God says, look, I don't want robots here. I want people that will know I love them. I want relationship. I don't want robots. I don't want rules. I want people that will know I love them and respond to my love. I don't want the law. I want relationship. So God loves you. And he will love you till death. He will love you. He's in love with you. Mercilessly in love with you. And when you go to scriptures, I begin to bring out scriptures of God loving you. He does something to you. We love him. We are motivated by his love. We love his work. He's a good father. So we love him because he first of all loves us. He loves us. And that love makes us more than conqueror. When you see a woman who is loved in her husband's house, you will see it all over her. Her skin is glowing. She's never sad. You can say this woman is loved. But when you see a woman is not enjoying her marriage, you can tell, even without anybody telling you. So God loves you. And that's why Paul put that God will cause us to know the extent of his love. It's my prayer you know the extent of God's love in Jesus' mighty name. Of course, how do we become overcomers? What's the right mindset to know who we are? To overcome, we have to be righteousness conscious. The Bible says we have the seed of God in us, and that seed will germinate and produce righteousness. God doesn't always see your faults. If he sees your fault, you will not be here today. Satan would have made a mismate of you. He doesn't see your faults. That's all you take away from here. But please do yourself a favor. Don't just be a Christian in name only. It's not just church attendance that is Christianity. That's not Christianity. If you're a lover, if, you, if somebody loves you and they write you a letter, you always read that love letter every time. I remember after I got married, my wife brought out letters. She brought out cards that I've sent to her. Even up till now, all my birthdays, I keep her cards. She will destroy some other people's cards, but her own card, I will always keep it. Because she's my lover. The proof of you loving somebody is that you read from the person. So if truly you love God, what's your relationship with this book? This is the love letter. This is what makes a difference. If the only time you open this book is on Sunday when you come to church, your guess is as good as mine. Even though God loves you, but you are not loving him back. You are not taking advantage of that love. When a woman is loved, she will take advantage. She will ask a man to give her money, buy her a car, because she knows that she can't be turned down. So you are being turned down because you are not taking advantage. God loves you. He's there. But how well do you read his word, his love letter to you? So if you are not growing, if you are not making attempts towards God, it's a pity. Yes, you'll be that guy who is a prince walking. That will not be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. God will open your eyes. You will know who you are. David, 
he ate priest food, bread that was just ordained for priests alone. He went in and he ate it. If you do that, <laughs> you will die. But because he knew he was, he went in, ate of the priest, nothing happened. When you know who you are, you will go the longer. You won't even be bothered about what people think of you. You know, many of us are so bothered. You are living your life based on other people's opinion. You can't live, you can't drive what you want to drive because somebody else will say, ah, oh, you are driving a big car. That's not pastor. You can't do what you want to do because, oh, you are so mindful of other people's opinion. When you are secure in God's love, it doesn't matter what other people think. Whether they think you are fat or you are tall or you are thin, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bug you. It's what God feels about you that should matter. And that's what will matter. In the mighty name of Jesus, it's my prayer you'll be grounded in love. You will know who you are. God will reveal to you again who you are. You will see it in the dream. As you read the Bible, there will be revelation knowledge. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will be persuaded about who you are. And then God will open up your destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not be small. You will not diminish. You will not walk in ignorance. You will not walk in folly. You will not walk in foolishness. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will make you overcome the lust of the flesh. It will make you overcome the lust of the eyes. Make you overcome the pride of life. In the mighty name of Jesus, you'll be a carrier of his glory. Through you, many will come to know Jesus. When people look at your life, they want to be like you. In the mighty name of Jesus, your children will do well in this life. They will not disappoint you. They will not bring you ridicule. They will not bring you embarrassment. And every prayer you pray over them shall be answered. In the mighty name of Jesus, the heavens over you are opened. Everything you say, God will sanction. In the mighty name of Jesus, before you open your mouth to pray, your prayers are answered. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will scale heights. God will plant your feet on higher plane. You will not be ordinary. You will not be little. In the mighty name of Jesus, those things that used to trip you, they will trip you no more. In the mighty name of Jesus, and you will undo wealth. Your hands will produce wealth. Your mind will produce ideas that will bring wealth. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything about you will produce. You shall be fruitful. In the mighty name of Jesus, no more weaknesses. No more pity partying. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. You are strong within you, and you manifest strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, when you are weak, you will lean on Jesus, and you will extend your weakness for his strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will be celebrated. That honor that you carry within will manifest. God will cause men to honor you. He will cause men to favor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. As I was coming from Atlanta, Yesterday, it was just a jam, and I couldn't get a good seat. So I just said, Lord, I don't have money to spend, but I have favor. I said, Lord, let favor speak for me in this place. And they just put me on Delta Comfort. The place thing was jammed. They didn't have signed seats when we were going in. So I said, Lord, well, they haven't assigned seats. I didn't buy Delta Comfort. But Lord, let favor speak for me. I want to spend favor. And true to tell, they said, oh, sir, go to Delta Comfort. So I stretched my leg. So you will spend favor in Jesus' mighty name. So shall it be. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.